not feel like we can do a cold open. Yeah, we could do a cold open. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about? I mean, like, that's the point of a cold like? open is that you jump right into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. You're listening to Advancing Education, the Alberta Student Podcast, where we talk about student issues, news, we conduct interviews, we do all sorts of other kinds of things like that. My name is Emmanuel Barker, and I'll be your host. Stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Welcome to the first ever episode of Advancing Education, the Alberta Student Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Manuel Barker, as you heard in the intro. Uh, and what I'm going to do now is do a little bit of apologizing. I mean, what a year. What a year. You know, um, what can I say? I can't really say anything. This podcast, for example, uh, has been delayed. Uh, it was meant to come out a couple of months ago, right after the My Tax announcement, which is what we had discussed with the minister. You'll hear all about that at the end of the episode. Um, but, uh, but things have been thrown off schedule. The number one reason, obviously, is C19er has kept me out of the studio with all my recording equipment, but we have adapted. And having adapted, just before we get to this conversation with the minister, I want to touch on a couple of other things. The first one being that Advanced Education is intended to be a three times monthly released podcast. It's going to be sometime towards the end of the week, ideally, giving me enough time to edit the podcast that we've recorded and maybe the Monday, maybe the Tuesday. And we're going to focus each individual episode on an issue that affects students. So the first one I would like to release is an episode that we're going to record on the sexual violence policy reforms that ASEC, the SFCC, or the Students for Consent Culture, the SATSA Student Association have all proposed. The next one, hopefully, is going to be a conversation about mental health, how the mental health grant, the on-campus mental health grant, is such a huge benefit to students in funding different programmings for mental health, and so on. Some other topics, maybe how frustrating, incredibly frustrating it is to try and transfer in the province of Alberta between institutions and some of the kinds of changes that we'd like to see to make that, you know, structure a little bit more uh, easy to navigate. But I think you're beginning to get the picture that each of our episodes are going to be focused on a specific issue. That's where the second thing that I want to talk about comes in. This is a student podcast. I may be a staff member, but this is for and of students. So what I want is if you are listening to this podcast and you want to be featured on it, if you want to talk about one of those major issues that are really important to you, I want you to contact me. My email is at advocacy at albertastudents.ca. You can find me at the ASAC website, albertastudents.ca. And all you have to do is reach out and we'll work on getting you a part of one of our episodes. We have the capability of calling in anybody that we want to for this for this podcast. And that's what we want to see. We want to see student engagement in the radio on the issues that are important to you. Please do not hesitate to reach out. So that's a little bit of a nice tie-in to the rest of the episode. Kind of the point of the conversation is to inspire students to become engaged in their community. I don't want to lose sight of advancing education in total. Like the whole purpose of the podcast is to inspire a new generation of student leaders. Like I, I hope that every episode that we talk about, whether it's focused on a specific issue or whether it's focused on news, can show how being a student leader or becoming engaged in your community can be a benefit to you, can be a benefit to your community itself, to Uh, helpful for your career, and we're here to support that. So as I mentioned earlier, don't hesitate to reach out. If you want to be a part of this podcast or anything that ASEC is working on, go check out our website, contact us, um, or stay tuned for new episodes of the podcast. If there's an issue that you think is important, I want you to send me an email so that we can include your thoughts in the follow-up to that episode. So here we are with all housekeeping aside, ready to introduce the conversation with the minister that took place a couple of months ago. I hope you enjoy it.
Thank you so much, uh, Minister Demetrios Nicolaides, for joining us on the inaugural episode of Advancing Education, the Alberta Students Podcast. I wanted to jump into some stuff that we've never really spoken about in depth, but uh, shouldn't be too much new material, I think, for you. So I would just like to sort of start off and ask you what your experience was like as a student leader and what inspired you to get involved in student politics in the first place? Wow, thank you. That, that, that's, um, uh, that's a good question. And uh, I'm just trying to reflect back on how I actually got myself involved in, into student politics. Um, I may have to think about it. It may come to me uh, a little bit further on in our conversation. I, I can't quite put my finger on what, uh, what motivated it and inspired me. I, I, I think that um, th- there was always a general interest. You know, I'm a, I'm a political science, I'm a student of political science. And so there, there was always an interest in, in uh, policy, government, politics. And of course, with the Students' Union acti- activity on campus, I thought that that would be a good environment to get a little bit more engaged in and understand some of the uh, nuances with respect to uh, meeting procedure, advocacy efforts, policy development, and uh, so put my uh, put my name forward. I was uh, acclaimed as the uh, vice president academic for the students' union from 2003 to 2004 at the University of Calgary, and it uh, it, it was a, a very interesting year, and we. We're able to accomplish, uh, I believe, some very long-lasting uh, goals, and uh, that that made a real impact. Uh, and it was uh, really an incredible, uh, an incredible year. Well, thank you. I mo- the ASEC staff were all student leaders as well, and I think we all r- sort of reflect exactly what you've said is that. It is, a, it is a really powerful experience to be a student leader, and that's something that we try to really just emphasize and, and show the importance of when we're working with our own student leaders, that it is a, it's a short time in your life, but it is an exciting one. Um, you touched on something that I'd love to just roll into our next question, and that is uh, you made a couple of really positive changes, and you had, you had serious impacts. I wonder if you could talk about what those were, um, exactly speaking about what you advocated for as a student leader. Yeah, I'd be happy to. The the one which uh, I, I can't take credit for, but was still a uh, very great initiative to be part of was the uh, book loan program. Uh, this this was uh, an initiative that the University of Calgary administrative um, staff at the time were thinking about, and and they came to talk with with us at the students union to see if there was a way in which we, we could implement it. And, and the book loan program, we, what we ended up doing was designing a, a program whereby students that had demonstrated financial need could explore the semester and at the end of the semester return them back to the bookstore to be sold uh, as, as used books uh, for future purposes, or uh, they alternatively could decide to purchase them at the end of the semester at a discounted rate if they wanted to keep uh, keep the material and have access to the material. It, it was a great initiative because, of course, it helped students in financial need get access to uh, expensive resources, uh, including uh, pr- primarily textbooks, of course. The other had to do with uh, uh, an evaluation of quality of education. So at the time, the priorities of the University of Calgary were to uh, develop policies and procedures that would improve and strengthen the quality of education at the university. 
And so I, I began to explore uh, whether a student's perspective and definition of quality of uh, quality education differed from that of, of others, perhaps uh, that of administrators and of faculty. And we, we did a, a comprehensive campus-wide survey and some focus groups and other discussions and developed some key themes that students believed were critical to the attainment of a high-quality education. Uh, we presented the report to, to the Board of Governors, who subsequently made the decision at that point to allocate a, a, about a million dollars from the university's annual budget to student-led initiatives that would improve the quality of education. And I'm very proud to say and to see that this program is still in existence at the University of Calgary and that the university administration and the Students' Union continue that excellent partnership of working with students uh, so that uh, students can help dictate where some element of investment should go to improve the quality of education on their campus. That's so interesting because that's that's very much um, uh, a type of initiative that ASEC and our other student organizations, associations find um, really valuable, you know, trying to engage. Uh, I, the, the first example that I think of is the student-led initiatives portion of the mental health grant uh, on campus. Um, and, and the student organizations and, and uh, different student groups find it very, very useful to be able to, to, to guide some of that on-campus programming, the, especially in mental health. Nowadays, is a very, it's a, an extremely essential service. Um, but as you mentioned, just that broad broader pool of money made available by the university for student-led initiatives is is quite a quite quite in line with the types of initiatives that we that we support generally speaking um, it must be it must be wild from a personal perspective for you to now be the minister of advanced education having in the past been a representative of the university of calgary students union and now meeting with them on the other side of the table do you have any kind of insights on what that unique experience is like yeah it's it's certainly um, a different dynamic, and uh, of course, uh, in in my current role, uh, working with our, our students leader, uh, student leaders, and student executives uh, from uh, from from across the province, uh, I, I think it's it's been an incredibly fortunate uh, and, and beneficial experience because in my role now, I'm able to reflect back on my experiences as a student leader. And uh, I, I believe it uh, helps me and allows me to have a good grasp on student priorities and issues and, and, uh, and other matters that are of importance. Of, co- of course, the dynamics change, the priorities change a little bit, but I know where many of our student leaders are coming from. I, I've been in their shoes. Uh, I've, I've been in those environments of having to work with municipal leaders, provincial governments, uh, university or, or uh, local post-secondary uh, administrators to try and achieve some tangible outcomes for the students that I represented at the time. And so I, and it's helped me because again, when I sit down and meet with student leaders, I know that so many of them are only in their role for a very short period of time, have their own constituents that they need to answer to, are trying to achieve something tangible for their for their uh, constituents in a very short period of time. So I, I try to stay as open as I can to achieving uh, priorities that perhaps may not be priorities of government or may not be on my radar, but um, 
I recognize that if many of our student leaders are bringing those forward, I, I want to try and act as quickly as we can so that they can demonstrate some success in, in achieving their priorities because they only have a very short period of time, usually just a year in their roles. Of course. And, and having worked with you um, as a liaison to the Alberta Students Executive Council over the past 18 months, I can say that your administration has been quite open, especially with consultation, with student advocacy meetings, and definitely making opportunities for those student priorities to, to come out of the woodwork to, to, be, to be heard. So we very much appreciate that. But touching on something that you mentioned in that answer, that we're, we're kind of skipping one question here, but maybe we can come back to it if we have time. What, uh, what would you say... If, if I were to ask you, what experience as a student leader contributed to your political career? Um, and, I'm, and I don't just mean to the office, but I mean potentially in, um, in, uh, in campaigning, in deciding to run as an MLA initially, and uh, what, um, what kind of experiences or what experiences as a student leader contributed to that? Uh, thank you. Uh, that, that's a, a very important question. I think uh, reflecting back on it, one of the experiences that maybe I didn't realize was was really helpful at the time, and I would say, you know, at the time, I didn't have any kind of grand ambitions of, of running for politics uh, one day. Uh, you know, at, at that point, never even had any ambitions of continuing on with um, with, with graduate studies, which, which I subsequently did. Uh, but as I reflect back, I think one of the areas that, uh, that that I benefited from unknowingly was the opportunity to engage and connect with political leaders and uh, and other individuals that were active in politics uh, as part of my my role. So of course, uh, as many student leaders do, you engage with uh, municipal leaders, provincial leaders, federal leaders, uh, and uh, and as well, you meet other uh, counterparts, uh, you know, colleagues of yours as student leaders. Uh, who um, who may go on to to do other things. So I think building relationship and interacting and networking with with people uh, I, I, has really been an important experience. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, a colleague and, and friend of mine, uh, we were on the students' union together at the time. I think he was the chief returning officer for for our general election. Um, subsequently, went on to become. A foreign policy advisor to Minister Baird, who was a foreign, uh, uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs under the Harper government for a period of time. And uh, of course, staying connected with him and uh, helped me to meet, meet more individuals and, and get more active, if you will, in, in, in politics. And furthermore, um, another colleague of mine who uh, we sat together on Students' Council was uh, Mickey Amory, who is now also the MLA for Calgary Cross. And, and so you, you never know where some of those relationships and networks are going to lead you. And, and I think that that's one of the greatest um, experiences that, uh, that, that I took away from my days at the Students' Union. That's something that is almost universally experienced by members of different student associations, that having friends uh, that you worked with at those early levels of, of politics, that student politics level, working with the municipal governments first, the, the local sort of stakeholders, but then as you move up to the provincial stakeholders and potentially even the federal ones, you'll find that your your friends who are alongside you in that experience end up moving forward in, in, in their careers and that you will, you'll, you'll find them in, in those kind, kinds of unique unique positions. Um, I remember when I was a student leader, uh, a former premier of Saskatchewan had contacted the union to see if we still had a photo of him as a student leader from 
a couple of decades before. So we ended up forwarding that photo to him um, and, and kind of reminded us all of the significance of the position we were in at that very moment, knowing that 20 years ago for, for that, for that premier, uh, he, he was exactly in our shoes. So that it was kind of an awakening call for all of us. But, but similarly to you, we, we have the kind of experience where your, your contemporaries, even um, from a couple of years ago, have, have moved into politics and provincial politics and federal politics. As you mentioned, I have a, a handful of friends uh, that I know from my union days who are, who are working in the, in the uh, federal government, um, and a couple who have remained in the province of Saskatchewan and continue to work there for the for the provincial government or for the opposition. So it's it's quite an interesting experience to to know that these are your classmates who then moved on to these other positions of of responsibility. I, I find it I find it really really intriguing to wonder who among the student leaders that I work with are going to be pursuing those further careers in politics and where they may end up. I, to, sorry? I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, to, to give you a couple of other examples, um, this, this one was, uh, was an interesting one. Um, James Keller, the reporter who's uh, with the Globe and Mail, who's uh, the Alberta bureau chief, um, was uh, with those uh, at the University of Calgary would be familiar with the student newspaper, of course, The Gauntlet. So he was a, um, he was a student reporter with The Gauntlet, and I was able to actually dig up uh, some interviews between James Keller and I uh, during the students' union days. And now we, we've both kind of come for full circle, and now he's interviewing me as a uh, as a member of government and and his in and in his capacity being with the Globe and Mail, and also had another colleague uh, from Students Union Days uh, who similar was a candidate with the Alberta Party in the last provincial election, and so I, I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways. Uh, you know, there's I think one of the things that uh, your your uh, student leaders or, and your colleagues around the table share is a certain. A certain drive, a certain passion, uh, a, a willingness to, uh, to 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 be involved in public service in some way, and again, you never know where those those individuals, your former colleagues, will end up. Uh, to your point, uh, in, in you know, in different um, federal and provincial governments, and I think it's just an incredible experience that uh, will benefit any student leader for years to come. Couldn't agree more. Um, and sort of to your point, I guess we now do get to roll back to the question that I that I missed uh, to move on to the question about the experience in student leadership. But I wonder if you would let uh, let the let the students know what it was that inspired you to run for office in in the first place um, after completing completing your doctoral studies and coming back to to Alberta. Yeah, thank you for that. Well, I there I, I think for which it was it was a little bit of a challenging time. Uh, I think uh, as some folks may know, uh, I have uh, I have a young family. I have a six year old and three year old. So uh, back in um, uh, back in uh, 2018, when I when I decided to 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 run and pursue the nomination, uh, obviously my my children were were much smaller. Um, uh, in fact, we we had a my three year old was just a newborn at the time, so uh, it was it was um, you know precarious time with, with a young family uh, and and other dynamics in terms of uh, establishing my professional career, but I, I there were there were a couple of things that really kind of pushed me over the edge. The the first was a significant amount of encouragement from from uh, you know the, the premier himself and other individuals that I knew, for example, 
uh, MLA Richard Gottfried, who was elected in 2015. Uh, he, he's been a, a strong mentor and was encouraging me to run, as were others. And, and so that, you know, helped me think more about it. But furthermore, the biggest thing, though, was um, a desire, a strong desire to make sure that uh, we, we do everything possible to create a better future for the next generation. You know, my my parent. I'm a born and raised Calgarian, but my parents are were were new Canadians who, who came to Canada in the 70s, and they came with um, uh, without without much, without much in terms of um, edu- uh, previous educational experiences, and they put everything on the line. I, you know, remortgaged their house multiple times, uh, cashed in whatever kind of college savings they had for the kids to create a better life for themselves and subsequently for their families. And, and they were incredibly successful. Uh, and they, the, you know, they, they achieved the, the Alberta dream, if you will. They, they were real kind of products of the Alberta advantage, coming to Alberta without, without a lot, but with a hard work ethic and a determination to succeed. And they did succeed. And, and so for me, there's always been this fond understanding of Alberta as a, as a place where people can really realize their dreams and get ahead. And I was concerned that uh, we were losing uh, that kind of competitive edge and, and that vision of our province was slipping away. And I just couldn't sit by on the sidelines and, and watch the, the province that I knew that, uh, that has benefited so many uh, change and slip away. And, and so that was one of the, the real motivation, the strongest motivation, if you will, for me to, to, uh, to, to get more involved. Well, thank you. I, I find that, I find that really interesting as a, as a, I was born in, in Calgary as well. My family mostly still lives there. Um, in fact, I, uh, I have, um, uh, a, a regular vacation that I spent with my, with my sister and her kids, my niece and nephew. And we, we consistently go skating over the Christmas holidays at, at Bonas Park, which is falls within your riding is <laughs> kind of an interesting little, little anecdote. I, I love Calgary as well, but I kind of want to speak just, uh, I'm cognizant of time here. We have about 10 minutes. Um, but, uh, I wanted to mention, um, a question that I had about uh, your experience in your PhD. So you, you mentioned that your parents were new Canadians. What was their reaction? What was your family's reaction to to you continuing your studies um, in in the context of uh, of the Cypriot crisis um, and your and your PhD studies in Europe? Yeah, you know, it was um, it, it was it was kind of like, like a non negotiable discussion um, around the table growing up because my parents didn't didn't have an opportunity uh, to a- attend post secondary, uh, you know, let alone complete uh, secondary uh, studies. The th- there was no question in their mind that not just from my end but from my siblings as well that we were all going to, you know, university and we were all going to complete post-secondary education. It was, it was a non-negotiable. And my parents really believed, uh, as, as I do as well, it's it significantly rubbed, uh, rubbed off on me significantly, was that education is the, 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 the greatest equalizer and that uh, someone who has uh, limited means can access uh, education can uh, learn a, a skill, a trade, can develop their, uh, their, their knowledge. And they believed so strongly that that was the path to greater prosperity and greater success. And so 
there was a constant um, push and drive, as I mentioned, not just for, for me, but for my siblings as well, for us to for us to continue, for us to do to do more and 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 do better, and you know, having completed my bachelor's degree at the University of Calgary, uh, there there was you know a, a push and encouragement to say, well, you know, completing a master's might unlock more opportunities, and then subsequently completing, you know, a, a PhD, and so there was always that that encouragement, but you know, things. Things change along the way. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I didn't really have plans to to pursue a master's or a PhD. Uh, and with respect to, to my PhD and and me landing in uh, in Cyprus was uh, a little bit of a of a of a of an interesting dynamic. Uh, I was uh, I was there living in Cyprus for for a period of time after I had completed uh, my master's, uh, thinking about uh, next steps. And I had an opportunity to to connect with a couple of uh, professors who uh, were kind of leading the game uh, on the island in terms of trying to reconcile differences between both communities. So Cyprus is an ethnically divided island between uh, Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots. And for many years, they were leading efforts to try and unite both communities uh, under the banner of reconciliation and, and help the country move forward. And there was there was some strong encouragement from uh, some of the professors that, that I met who encouraged me to consider a PhD. I had never considered it. I had a couple of offers uh, from, from uh, individuals uh, to, to uh, who, who could serve as advisors for me uh, during during my PhD, and as I said, hadn't really considered it, but they they put the bug in my ear, and um, and I applied, and was uh, was successful in securing one of the positions, and and away we went, and it was a really interesting experience because my my PhD focused on reconciliation and peace building efforts and activities in ethnically divided societies, and so I was able to be there on the ground, uh, traveling across both sides of the divide, working with Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots. It was also part of a group called the Cyprus Academic Dialogue which was a group of Greek and uh, Turkish Cypriot academics uh, and professors and PhDs that worked to help uh, bridge bridge the divide and promote reconciliation between the communities. So it was it was uh, really interesting to be involved that period of time on the ground, learning and, and studying those elements, but also experiencing them then firsthand. And of course, subsequently coming back to, uh, to Canada and, and, and looking at next steps after that. Those next steps uh, being running for office and then or or rather um, working in the in the communications firm as you worked in and then later running for office. Um, I, I wonder if we could move a, a ahead very, very briefly here um, to a more contemporary, uh, you know, sort of time frame. And I, I wonder if you would be willing to uh, to speak to one of the more recent uh, announcements that you've made um, in in the field of advanced education regarding internships. Um, I understand there's there's something more than 3,000 internships now available for advanced education students. I wonder if you would speak to that a little bit. Uh, absolutely, I would be happy to. And uh, and you're right. Uh, at the end of October, we announced, um, uh, as, as the government of Alberta, of course, that we would be investing $5 million annually to a nonprofit organization called MITAC. Uh, if you're familiar with MITAC, they, they are a national nonprofit organization that and they prioritize in creating internships, uh, research-oriented internships that help solve industry uh, challenges and solutions. So a lot of the work that they do 
is fundamentally about building innovation capacity and, and helping expose students to uh, new areas of innovation and growth and entrepreneurialism. And so with the funding, we're able to unlock about $22 million in federal funding, and we'll be able to create approximately 1,300 paid internships every year for the next three years. And so students from across Alberta can, uh, can, can apply and participate in these internships. They, they are really cutting edge. A lot of them are, are project-based, whereby a student can pitch a project to MyTax for funding. And so it really allows students and, and faculty members and others to come up with new, innovative, and exciting projects and, uh, and then receive funding to actually move those projects forward. Um, th- this is this is a significant game changer for the province. Uh, other provinces, uh, British Columbia, Ontario, have traditionally invested uh, a- around five to six million dollars with my tax to again support and develop that innovative talent. And Alberta has lagged behind. Uh, I believe you know in the past years we've provided uh, a mere couple hundred thousand dollars to develop internships at at my tax. So this this will be a significant game changer will help our students partner with, with faculty and, uh, and, and, and industry partners to develop solutions to cutting uh, to, to, to leading problems and, and fundamentally help develop the innovation talent uh, that our province will need in the future. Uh, so it's something that I'm quite excited about and would encourage your, your listeners and others to have a look at uh, MyTax and, and look at some of the partnerships that are available there now. Well, yeah, and we're we're very much excited about that as well, um, especially because the the um, ASEC uh, uh, member organizations represent about one hundred and ten thousand students from across the province. And at our recent goal setting conference in the summer, we our, our our leaders made it very clear that the priority was economic recovery of the province through advanced education. And this type of internship program ties very much into our other priorities for integrating uh, work and learning together um, and integrating some form of education in with uh, people who are currently employed, something that's referred to as learning integrated work. Um, And all of those priorities are very much being brought forward into the 2030 um, uh, skills for jobs review of advanced education system in Alberta. And that is exactly the kind of priority that we're bringing to the review, exactly what we're trying to discuss. So I'd like to thank you very much for that announcement. I, I wonder, we've, we've come just about to the end of our time. I wonder if there's anything that you'd like to add. If you have any questions or any comments for ASEC student leaders moving forward, um, I would be happy to welcome them now. Um, but in the meantime, I just want to thank you so much for, for joining us for as long as you have, for uh, uh, answering our questions. I know they, they have been a little bit more personal, I think, than, than generally our advocacy meetings tend to be. We try to focus on issues with, with solutions. We try to bring, bring, bring solutions to all of our advocacy issues, but... Um, uh, this one has been a little bit of a, of a different flow, just trying to trying to get to get to know you a little bit and bring a little bit more of a personal side to our meetings uh, and, and share that with our student leaders and our and our listeners. So I want to thank you very much for that. No, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Uh, uh, you know, please consider me at your disposal if, if there's anything that I, that I can do further and any other ways that I can be involved. And uh, I, w- I want to thank uh, you and the other members of ASEC as well for your um, uh, continued strong and, and highly practical advocacy uh, over the past year and a half. There's a lot that we've taken away that uh, has fed directly into uh, policies and decisions of government. 
Uh, and I know that uh, you and other leaders are, are consistently coming forward at the table with, with uh, great practical and achievable uh, priorities that we can implement together. And I think in, in closing, you know, as part of the Alberta, uh, the development of Alberta 2030, again, this 10-year kind of strategic plan for our post-secondary system, for me, the, the, the single most important focus and important goal of this entire effort is to do everything that we can to ensure that we set our students up for success in the best possible way. So that is to say that when, they, when our students graduate, they have the skills, uh, knowledge, competencies, and abilities that a, a fast-paced global economy uh, demands. Because uh, when an individual graduates, they, you know, in my view, uh, they, they expect, of course, to be able to find a successful and rewarding career, and it's our job as government and other policymakers to ensure that we're doing everything we can to, to give them that opportunity. Well, thank you so much for that again, Minister Dimitrios Nikolaides. We very much appreciate your um, contribution to our first episode of the podcast, and uh, we look forward to meeting with you in the future. Looking forward to it, and uh, thanks again. Take care. And with the end of the interview, that brings us to the end of the first episode of Advancing Education, the Alberta Student Podcast. Remember, this podcast is for you, so if you want to be a part of it, feel free to reach out to me at albertastudents.ca, or you can check out our website, albertastudents.ca, to see what other kinds of sorts of things we're up to. I want to offer like a real special thank you to the Minister of Advanced Education for taking part in such a long interview and showing us that student leadership can really take you all sorts of kinds of places. I hope you enjoyed it, and stay tuned for future episodes.